Well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. Well, you know what, guys? I'd love to tell you, happy Wednesday night. Uh, quite honestly, not a great Wednesday night at all after Texas Tech falls 77-54 to Houston. But we'll go through it, talk about what went wrong, and why I'm honestly not too concerned about this team Let's be honest, if you listened to my podcast before, I thought we were always going to lose this game, so I'm not too concerned. And we also have a Saturday win over Kansas State, 60-59. to That, for a blip, for a blip with, uh, who was it, uh, Baylor losing at K-State, put us alone in first in the best conference in the country, and then, of course, we get routed today, but we're still in a four-way tie. We'll talk about that all. We'll talk about the games. We'll preview BYU. We'll take a look around the Big 12, and I'll tell you what. We will talk about those Cowboys keeping Mike McCarthy. Can you believe that? I can't. My Texans doing fine, by the way. We're still playing football, but here we go. So typically, I would talk about what's fresh on my mind, but we're just going to spend a couple minutes here on this Kansas State game because I think it bleeds over into what we're, we're going to talk about with U of H. So Texas Tech, Popeyes didn't quite have it. Kerwin Walton didn't quite have it. Uh, nobody really had it from the field. You didn't shoot it at a good clip, but you out-toughed them. You out-toughed this Kansas State team, and there was a point where you're up 9-9, Late in the first, maybe like seven, eight minutes to go. It's an under eight timeout. They come down, and what I talked about was they hadn't found their rhythm from three. They hadn't found their rhythm from three. And you know what? Kansas State looks take looks at me in the eye, says you're an idiot. They go on one point. It was a fifteen nothing run where they had threes on five straight possessions. Five straight possessions. Can you believe that? And uh, of course. We can't find a bucket. It ends up being a 20-0 run. Texas Tech fights back. Uh, we're going through this pretty quickly. But Texas Tech, heck of a fight back by this squad. And Joe Toussaint, there was one point where it was tied. Pop Isaacs has a wide-open corner three. Just saying, white boy, corner three shoot. All I can do, but I could have hit that. But Pop Isaacs had a corner three, misses it. And Grant McCaslin talked about it in the huddle. He said, you know, he Pop Isaacs was saying, what's next? Hey, and... That's when they knew they were going to win. They fouled him. Joe Toussaint works his way down low, and it was kind of a move that I thought he could have gone earlier, draw, drawn two free throws. Is more patient, gets a better look, still gets a foul. It was a travel. It was a travel, 100%, but it also doesn't get called much in basketball these days. Finds the bucket. Uh, you get a crazy stop. Clock operator should be fired. Insane toughness. Really tough win from Texas Tech, and I will give Lamar Washington credit. Took one shot in this way, or in this game, I'm sorry. One shot, saw the court for seven minutes, and it was a huge one. Like falling over, lofting it up, battling for the second possession. I did not know Lamar Washington had that in his bag, but I'd love to, I love to see it. Really tough win. Texas Tech just completely out-tough Kansas State on the day. And then Tuesday, Kansas State beats Baylor in overtime. And you're thinking, okay, we may be okay here. We're tied. We're in first. We got a real chance here. Then you go to Houston, and that toughest team win things. Look, I'm not calling this team fake tough. 
I'm not going to call this squad fake tough. They're not fake tough. They are a tough team. You saw it against a very tough team in K-State. Problem is, you took on Houston, who is the toughest team in the country. They really are. And Jamal Shedd absolutely went off for you, or on you. 12 of 16 from the field. 2 of 3 from 3. Made all 3 of his uh, free throws. 29 points. He went off from, for you. He also had some really nice dimes in this game. And uh, he just torched you. And you got out toughed. And even when it was Fran Franchilla on the call, he said, well, they, they're going with their small ball lineup now. And you look out there, and they're just bigger than you. And it's kind of like, what do you do against a squad like this? Um, there was nothing you can do. I and mean, you listened to my podcast earlier this season. I talked about why I thought, you know, Houston was going to be the toughest game on our schedule. It's on the road. And then they lose two straight, and they're like a wild uh, animal backed in there that's completely PO'd, ready to go. And there was a point, actually, I was watching uh, ESPN film about the NC State team that actually beat Houston over the last couple nights. And what they talked about, what I was seeing last night, they said, you know, we had them backed up. They could not score on us. The problem is we couldn't make a shot either. We couldn't make a shot either. And that was kind of what I felt like at 5-4 to four when you got to the under-4 timeout. It was like, man, if they, if we could have put something on them. Kerwin Walton got going late. He made six threes today. But he had a three in there early. Darian Williams off the tip had a chance that he missed. Pop Isaacs had a good floater that he missed. You make two of those. And you're looking at an 11-4 ball game. Uh, 10 to 4 ball game and Houston starts to think we can't score what do we do maybe they get a little bit nervous that didn't happen unfortunately they got that big 13-0 run and that was pretty much curtains uh I do want to give a shout out to one player I thought Robert Jennings showed a good amount today I I think Robert Jennings is improving he's a guy that he only got six minutes he was one for one from the field only two points but he got three total boards for you in six minutes. I thought Robert Jennings, he also got a block where, by the way, Derry Williams was shoved uh, and they called it a travel. That's fine. Look, we got away with the travel on Saturday. I'll give that one for the one tonight. It's all good. It all evens out. It all evens out. And we're three and one. It's fine. But it, they were just tougher than you today. They're the toughest team in the country, and you did not shoot it well. You shot under 40% from three. You shot 40% from the field, and you shot under 50% from the free throw stripe, and you're the best free throw shooting team in the Big 12. A lot of that had to do with Warren Washington to get six free throws, and we'll talk about what they need to do to improve the rest of the way, but overall, you're just out tough by one of the better teams in the country that was backed in the corner on their home floor. It Look, I know there may be some panic out there. I don't think there needs to be. It's all about BYU on Saturday. You're playing with house money tonight. That You really were playing with house money tonight. Probably last night if you're listening when this is released. But it was kind of house money, and things just didn't fall your way. And, okay, now you have a really good coach, and he has a lot to coach up after this one. And you got a big ranked team coming in your place on Saturday. That's really all you can say for today. Houston's just a better basketball team than you. You're not there yet. At some point in the Grant McCaslin era, you will be there. But this is year one. 
I said making the tournament. If you can make the tournament, that's a success. And now I do feel like it's still the floor for this team. This team should make the tournament with this start. But you won nine straight. You dropped this one against Houston. You were 3-0 in Big 12 play. It is what it is. Let's move on. Flush it down the toilet on a Saturday against a a ranked BYU squad. So since we go ahead and say it's on to BYU, let's go ahead and talk about this BYU game coming up. Obviously, they had that loss to Cincinnati at home where they collapsed in the second half. Gave BYU some troubles on the road, not quite as much as Cincinnati did. But they've won two straight. They beat UCF 63-58 this weekend. Or this weekend. And then they went back home and killed Iowa State 87-72. I will say, um, they are going to trot out one guy, uh, Spencer Johnson, who is 26 years old. I just want to give you all some reference. Just some reference. He had 28 points against Iowa State, was 10 of 16 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, knocked down 4 free throws. He had 9 boards as well. He went off against Iowa State. I am 25. I'm a year younger than this guy. Graduated high school a year after this guy. I am on about to go into my second year at my third job. And this son of a gun is still playing college basketball. I, I mean, these Mormons, they find ways to get extra eligibility. But BYU, so how I look at BYU, they're kind of a sharpshooting team. They are good from three. I I mean, they took 35 threes against Iowa State. You took 30 combined against Oklahoma State and Texas when you're shooting the ball really well. And they took 26 threes in their win against UCF. So you're going to have to guard the perimeter against them. That is something you've got to do. I think it makes it easier when you have a bunch of guards because let's be honest, this starting lineup, we only really played two forward slash, slash centers. When you look at Warren Washington, Robert Jennings, Darian Williams, he's probably a small forward type in any other lineup. He's a small forward, but he came from Nevada being a guard. And Kerwin Walton, he's a guard. Pop Isaacs, he's a guard. Toussaint, guard. Uh, Chancey McMillan, guard. Uh, Lamar Washington, guard. You know, six of your eight guys are guards. I think that can help you from the perimeter. Now, the struggle is you haven't been great at closeouts. If I'm Grant McCasson, I'm I'm focusing on that and box outs this week. Um, I feel good about this because down low, now they do have some guys. Uh, Khalifa's their center. Against Iowa State, he only put up two points. But against uh, UCF, he put up 17 points. But he was 6 of 12 from the field, which isn't great for a center. He's not that athletic. He, I mean, come on. He looks like a center that plays at my 24-hour fitness. Let's be honest here. It's late on a Wednesday night. We suffered a loss. Everybody's a little bit mad. We can be honest. He looks like the guy that plays center for my team at 24-hour fitness. That's what that guy looks like. Now, he's way more talented than him, but he looks like that. And their six-man, Rich E. Saunders, he's averaging 10 points a game, shooting over 50% from the field. He's a white boy. He goes to BYU, so that makes a lot of sense. But uh, he got 12 points against Iowa State in 26 minutes. 
He was used 22 minutes against UCF. He got eight points. So that's a real threat off the bench. They also have a guy by the name of Jackson Robinson, uh, who's also a guard. They are a lethal guy or a lethal team. Jackson Robinson, he's more of an outside shooter as well. He took two threes. He likes the mid-range. He can slash a bit on you. But I really like our odds against BYU. And this is what this week comes down to. You're ranked number 25 in the A people, and I'll get to some stuff about that. But if you want to stay ranked, if you want to keep your resume intact, a road loss to Houston, one of the best teams in the country, is not going to hurt you. Yes, it was a bad night. It kind of looked a little bit, it it honestly felt a little bit better than that 2019 loss to Kansas and Lawrence. Because that one was done by halftime, and I look at the score today and it's like, oh, we only lost by, what, 16 or 18 points? I'm like, shocked that it was that close because it felt like we were done at halftime. This one, you hung in it till halftime, and then they just out-toughed you. They're just built a bit better than you. We can talk about why that's a concern when you get to the NCAA tournament. If you can get to the second weekend, we can talk about why, oh, man, can we hang with this team? We can talk about all that then. But for Big 12 play, you understood this was probably a loss you were going to take. BYU is the one that you win that game, you should stay ranked. You need to win it at home, and you should be keeping where you are in the bracket matrix and in the analytics and the bracketology. And this loss to Houston ain't going to hurt you worth a... So that's really the keys to this one. And let's talk about the Big 12 as a whole. Because I have some thoughts around the Big 12. And there's three teams I want to take a look at. And I'll start with the Texas Tech focus here. You do have an advantage. Because remember, you used to have the Big 12 SEC Challenge. So you would start on a Saturday, end on a Saturday. And you would have 19 rounds. But one of them would be worth against the SEC. That's the same scheduling thing, except instead of playing the SEC, you have an off week. So after BYU, you get an off week. You get an off week. OU is the team you play next on the road. Not exactly an intimidating atmosphere. Let's be honest, OU is not that intimidating. Lloyd Noble, sorry, your, your crowd doesn't care about basketball that much. But... You, OU plays Texas in the midweek. They play Texas in the midweek. That's an emotionally charged game. And you go into top 25 house with a week off after they play an emotional game. That's tough. And the team that comes to town after that. And I was kind of right about this team, by the way. I was saying, and I probably cost y'all some money if y'all followed my bets about UCF going into Manhattan and beating K-State because they got blown out. Then they beat Kansas. Then they beat Texas on the road today. And they gave BYU a good fight. But in the midweek, you uh, play Baylor. And the team that comes in after that, that doesn't have a game in the midweek, is UCF. So you get UCF at home. So you play in one of the less intimidating atmospheres without a midweek against a ranked team after they play their arch rivals. And then, yes, you do have to go to Waco in the midweek. 
But then the team that you get in return that has a full week off is a team that was picked to finish 14th, which, by the way, people completely slept on this UCF team. And I am going to go to my grave believing that Jalen Sellers is a stud. They got bigs. They found the second guard in Edwards. They are a good basketball team. And we'll talk about their game against Texas here in a minute. But you got to like that draw. You got to like that draw of your Texas Tech. That you get to play the team that was picked to finish 14th as a negative where you don't have the midweek off and they do. And you get to go to a ranked opponent who is quad one 100% of the way and would be quad 1A right now playing in their place right after they play Texas. They're arch rivals. So taking our weekly look at the Big 12 as a whole, there are four teams tied for first. And right now, technically on head-to-head, Texas Tech would actually be first in the conference. If the Big 12 tournament started today on head-to-head, because we're 1-0 against K-State, everybody's either 0-0, 0-1, or 1-1, we would be first in the Big 12. We are tied with Kansas, Baylor, and Kansas State. Behind you at 2-2 is Houston, BYU, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Iowa State, TCU, UCF, then Texas and West Virginia are sitting at 1-3, and and Oklahoma State down at 0-4. Let's start with Oklahoma State, because there's a few teams around here that I want to talk about. Oklahoma State lost 90-66 to to Kansas. Why the does Mike Boynton have a job still? I'm sorry. I know he's a nice guy. I know he's a great recruiter. I know he's a guy that people want to succeed. You don't get paid $3 million a year for being a nice guy. You don't. You don't. This guy, it's his seventh season. He's going to make one NCAA tournament. Guess what? The COVID year, they weren't making it either. I agree. They got screwed last year. They got screwed the Trey Young year. They should have been in over Oklahoma. Oklahoma State has a national title in basketball. They have a nice arena. They have nice facilities. Three out of seven years that you should have made the tournament where two of them you were left out because you're a bubble team. And the only other year you made it, you had Cade Cunningham and you got blown out. Blown out. In the second round, couldn't make the second weekend. Why does this guy have a job? You just lost by 24 at home to Kansas. You have an amped up fan base. And I get it. Kansas is more talented than you. You got some talented players too. And Javon Small. You got some talented guys. You have one guy that you let walk out the door to TCU. That's lighting it up right now. But no. Mike Boynton still has a job. They got to get rid of him. I'm sorry. Enough is enough with this Mike Boynton. He took on the NCAA. He had things going on in 2021, 2022 where he couldn't make the tournament. I get it. They weren't going to make the tournament that year anyway. They weren't good enough. They didn't cut the mustard. I'm sorry. They just weren't good enough. And he is a bad coach. I, I mean, you lose by 24 to Kansas when you have an amped up home crowd? What the are you doing in the midweek? What what are you coaching these guys to let this happen? 
what's going on? You got blown out by Tech. You got blown out by Iowa State. Congrats. You gave Baylor a fight. That was four games ago. You haven't done anything since. Mike Boynton needs to go. I'm sorry. He needs to go. It feels like a three biggest losers thing because I'm about to talk about TCU. They don't have enough women's players to play their game against Kansas State. And, okay, it is what it is. I know a couple players got injured. Do they not have enough people? Because I remember when we walked into Ames, Iowa against a team that would end up going to the Sweet 16. And we had seven guys available. Two years ago, we lost by four. We almost won that game. If we could have shot free throws, we would have won that game. Not only do they forfeit, I get that they're holding open tryouts for walk-ons. I get that. Jeremy Donati, who is the biggest in the country, is out here in DFW. KSU, who has a really good women's basketball team, he's going out there and saying, you know what? No refunds. No refunds. We're forfeiting the game. No refunds. But you know what? Yeah, you can go ahead and exchange it for another TCU ticket. You have a ton of KSU fans that bought this. You are at Texas Christian University. Thou shall not steal. And you're going to come out here and say, you know what? You don't deserve, you don't get a refund. We're canceling the game. You can come to another game. You. That is bullcrap. That is BS. It is ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Number two loser of the week, Jeremy Donati. Now let's go to our top loser around the Big 12 because thank God for this guy, Rodney Terry. I'll tell you what, between him and Mark Adams, no Chris Beard head coach or assistant coach is ever going to get another head coaching job. Congrats to those two. (laughs) Round of applause to both of them. They're both terrible. Rodney Terry, who I thought was a nice guy. UCF comes back from 16 points down. The team that was picked to finish last in the Big 12 against a Texas team with Max Acemas. Uh, Tyrese Hunter, Dylan Mitchell, Dylan Disu, Kyle Shedrick, a Final Four contending team. Brock Cunningham, who started three or four games, idiot. Um, they're sitting there. 16, 18 point lead. They blow it to the team that was picked to finish last in the Big 12. And you know what Rodney Terry does? Throws a hissy fit. Throws a hissy fit. You see, uh, they were doing horns down. They were doing it around their guy. They were doing it around their player. Yes, the handshake line was starting. They were doing it around their player. You look in the circle. They're all pointing it at their player. Celebrating. Because they went into your house and beat your butt, beat the brakes off you. When you had the game. You had the game and you choked. You you choked, Rodney Terry. You choked. And you know what they do? Rodney Terry doesn't just say, don't do that. That's classless. He goes to every player and yells that at them. You don't talk to the opposing team's player. You have a problem, you bring it up with their coach. You bring it up with their coach if you have a problem. Or you coach better. So they're not in that position that they can do that. But to talk to every one of their players, pathetic. Biggest gosh darn 
of the week is Rodney Terry for that BS where he's yelling at the opposing players. How pathetic can you be? How pathetic can you be? You are at the richest athletic department in the country, inherited a great roster, and you're choking every single week. Then you complain that they celebrate around their guys, you loser. So that's around the Big 12. That's how it's going around the Big 12. Great games in Manhattan. Great game in Cincinnati. I'll tell you what. Cincinnati, they're going to be a problem. I I don't know if they're going to survive the 18 games in Big 12 play this year. They're not going to be contenders. They haven't had the break so far. But this is a program that succeeded in the Big East. Um, Kansas State got right back on track. Holy cow. Tyler Perry could start hitting shots. They can be really good. We had a great game in Austin with UCF. Yes, Texas Tech. Tough loss, but... It was expected. I'm not angry about it. I'm not annoyed about it. I'm just like, yeah, that loss happened. It, it happened. I kind of expected it. Now let's move on to BYU. Let's get going. We're 3-1 and one in the Big 12. We're tied for first in the best league in America. Let's get this going. But let's talk a little bit about pro sports for a minute. So it is basketball season for most of y'all because most of y'all are probably Cowboys fans. I'm personally a Texans fan. So I would say one thing I'm angry about. Um, I'd already booked my ticket, uh, my flight and all that for my work trip to get there early, go watch Tech in Austin. And of course, right after I do that, the Texans get scheduled for Saturday night, same time as the Texas Tech game. Oh my God. What are the odds? What are the odds that we get flexed? We should have been Sunday night. Let's be real. Should have been Sunday night. And then of course I'm thinking, all right, playoff game. We got a mid afternoon game against Kansas State. Please, Texans, don't get your typical time slot. You've been in this time slot every time you've been in the playoffs. All six times you've had the early Saturday time slot on Wild Card Weekend. Guess what? We get that time slot again. So I was watching the Tech K-State game. I uh, enjoying it. it. Finally caught the f- – was flipping in between but didn't really miss a minute of the Tech K-State game. Caught the fourth quarter of my Texans. Very happy, by the way. And then I'm thinking, okay, there's four time slots. Give us a night game. Give us a night game because we have another mid-afternoon game. And, of course, we get the early Saturday afternoon game while Texas Tech is playing again. So um, we're going to do something at Heartland College Sports. We're going to do like late night after dark type of thing. We're, we're figuring out the name, but tune into that. Follow me on Twitter, Jackson Big 12. We'll do that at the end of all the games around the Big 12. We'll talk about the Big 12 as a whole. Should be a lot of fun. I'm going to be having to watch on my phone. I can't believe this crap because I, I was dialed in, but look, I, I've seen the Cowboys and Texans go combined 0 for 9 in the divisional round. If we pull one out, if we finally get to 1 and 9 overall in the divisional round in my lifetime, I got to be watching that. But I'll have the Texas Tech game on my phone and rewatch it on the big screen by the time that we do the after dark. Uh, so go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Get ready for that. But the Cowboys, going with Mike McCarthy. I Okay, I heard this. It was Rob Rowe that said it. Dak, and I've always believed this, Dak is a QB that can win the Super Bowl. He can. He is capable. There have been way worse Super Bowl winning quarterbacks than Dak Prescott. Okay? I that's pretty much inarguable. 
He cannot win this Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy. He can't. He can't. I Look, the Cowboys are probably my second team. I like the Cowboys. I kind of enjoyed the loss a bit after the Texans. I'm not going to lie. I kind of enjoy it. We're the best team in Texas now. I enjoyed it. But I want the Cowboys to succeed too. And they're not going to do that with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. And by the way, Dan Quinn, that D.C., how do you get outcoached that bad? Dan Quinn was just outcoached. Mike McCarthy was outcoached. Dak Prescott looked like crap, but he had an MVP type year. The Cowboys beat up on a bunch of bad teams, got away with a win against the Lions when the Lions probably, probably their receiver reported eligible. They beat the bad or the Eagles when they started sucking when we're losing to the Cardinals and the Giants. I I mean, look, Mike McCarthy is not the coach that can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. He won one with Aaron Rodgers. One. I'm not saying go away from Dak Prescott. I am saying don't extend him if you're the Cowboys. Do not extend Dak Prescott. By no means necessary. The amount of money they're talking about, $60 million, he is not worth $60 freaking million. Come on now. You pay that for Mahomes. You pay that for Stroud when his time comes in three years. You pay that maybe for Josh Allen. Maybe. Not for Dak Prescott. And by the way, the Cowboys shouldn't have to overpay for a quarterback. You know how many endorsements you get as a Cowboys quarterback? Tony Romo. Has like a lifetime contract with CBS making millions and millions a year for as long as he wants to. Troy Aikman's on the TV every weekend making millions a year. How can a Cowboys, how can they overpay for a quarterback? If Dak Prescott wants to play hardball, let him go on the free market. Let him go on the free market. But my biggest concern isn't we need to get rid, or y'all need to get rid of Dak. Y'all need to get rid of Mike McCarthy. I'm sorry. It made no sense when he was hired either. I heard Jerry Jones saying he stayed over at my house. I made him stay over. Why? He's not that good of a coach. He won one Super Bowl with the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And you think he's automatically going to go ahead and deliver you a Super Bowl with the Cowboys? And look. I get it. There was this big thing where the Sean McVay coaching tree. You hire an up-and-comer. You, you got Kyle Shanahan. He's really good. The Texans found D'Amico Ryans. He's great. Um, the Bengals, I'm not a huge NFL guy, but they got their guy. Um, Sean McVay's been great. And then you have some bums like Cliff Kingsbury gets in there. Mike McDaniels has been good. You hire the up-and-comer, not the guy who won one Super Bowl in like a decade with the best quarterback in the league when you know gosh darn well you don't have the best quarterback in the league. Made no sense where they hired him. Makes no sense to keep him. He was thoroughly outcoached. I, I cannot believe they're doing this. I feel bad for Cowboys fans right now. Makes absolutely no sense. They should be looking for jobs. If Dan Quinn wanted to take this week off interviewing, looking for head coaching jobs, let him go out on the free market. He's gone because he got out coached. Sorry, it, it's the playoffs, and I get, you know, normally I'm the guy that, you know, it's a long season. Your work matters. They didn't beat that many good teams. They couldn't beat the Dolphins who couldn't beat good teams. Like, it, it makes no sense to keep them. 
Makes none. No sense to keep Mike McCarthy. He's not going to get the job done. I feel bad for Cowboys fans that they're going to have to go through another 12-win season, hype themselves up that they're back, and then realize Mike McCarthy is just going to choke in the playoffs. And Dak may do the same thing, then ask for a lot more money. When, by the way, they're the Cowboys quarterback, and that gives you a lot more ads, a lot more endorsement deals, but no, he needs more money. Just ridiculous. Ridiculous what they're doing over there. I'm sorry, this is a really good roster. And it's just getting blown to pieces. I would love the Cowboys to win one. I would love the Cowboys to win one. As long as they're not playing the Texans a Super Bowl, I want the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl. But, man, it's not going to happen like this. Not going to happen like this. But that's going to do it for this one. We'll be back after we beat BYU, beat the Mormons, get back to 4-1. We'll go ahead and talk about Oklahoma. Take a look around the Big 12 and all that. And uh, till then, uh, for a Wednesday night where you get your butt swooped, Not such a bad Wednesday. We're still in good shape in Big 12 play. Sky is looking bright. Uh, We'll be back next week. If you can, go ahead and give us a five-star review. Would really appreciate that. If you hate me, if you hate me, go ahead, tweet me mean things. I can handle it, and I'll go back at you. So if you hate me, don't give me a bad review. Tweet mean things at me. All good. Uh, But wreck them. Let's go beat some uh, BYU butt.